1: Hi, and welcome to the podcast. Today, I get to spend some time with John Lowe, who is the Director of Operations for a network of church planters. That's a pretty exciting thing that they do called Multiply Indiana. And so, John, welcome to the podcast. So glad to have you here. Thanks, Ralph. Good to be here, man. Appreciate your time today. Okay, so let's just talk a little bit. Tell, tell Tell me what you're doing and and, and why and the big question that I have is I see people and, and I think you have to do this in the beginning where they assemble networks but it's actually an addition deal all they're about is adding more more churches or more church planters to their network they're not actually doing anything you guys are doing stuff so you know, kind of talk me through yeah. Multiply Indiana and what it is that makes you guys so different.
0: Yeah, well, I think, uh, you know, in the beginning, just being honest about it, there was a sense of addition and a sense of recruiting that we were doing. Um, Multiply Indiana really started from the vision of Josh Houston with Mercy Road Church in Carmel, Indiana. Uh, Ethan Fernhaber is a businessman here in Indianapolis and owns 20 different apartment communities, recently began um, a manufacturing facility where they're going to manufacture both tiny homes and um, uh, modular homes. And so he's just doing so much in the city for uh, the homeless population. Uh, In addition, he's also doing so much in the city for those who were previously incarcerated and giving them great places of employment. Ethan is the president of our board and Really, Multiply Indiana began from Josh and Ethan's dream combined with Justin Davis beginning Hope City Church in Carmel, Indiana, right down the street from Mercy Road Church. So Mercy Road had some beautiful beginnings. God really blessed in what was happening through that one local church. Uh, But then when Justin came into town and wanted to start another church 10 minutes down the road, Josh kind of had, I think, this crossroads opportunity of, you know, are we going to stand isolated as like this is our territory and kind of that competitive mentality that you find in church nature sometimes, or are we going to be more kingdom-minded? And what Josh did is he invited Justin Davis in to speak at Mercy Road Church and really had the audacity to say, hey, anybody here at Mercy Road, we want you to know that this is a kingdom-minded thing. And we believe in church planting, and we encourage you, if God's leading you to go 10 minutes down the road and help plant another church, leave Mercy Road and go do what God calls you to do. That was the beginnings of Multiply Indiana through Mercy Road Church. And since then, there was a sense in the early days of recruitment and addition that that was happening. I think just by nature, we wanted to see high-quality leaders be a part of a church planting network that we could really see something great get off the ground. But we're in process even today of really deepening our pipeline, creating a coaching network, creating internal residencies, because we know if we want to see 100 churches planted in the next 10 years, which right now we're at 18, but if we want to see 100 churches planted in the next 10 years, there's no way we're going to be able to do that just by recruiting. There's going to have to be a sense of internal residency leadership pipeline from the churches that we have, sending our own people to plant more churches to reach 100 churches by the year 2030. That's our dream. Man, just this past Sunday, we had the first inaugural event because we believe churches are a byproduct of disciples being made. Churches, healthy churches, don't get created without disciples being made in the process and seeing disciples become disciple makers. So this past Sunday was our first inaugural event called March for a Million. The whole intent of this March for a Million event was to be a catalyst uh, that would be the spark to see commitments for disciple making made. And we're partnering with Bobby Harrington and those guys at discipleship.org. Uh, To see this happen, and we didn't know what to plan for. I I mean, you know how it goes. Oftentimes, I think we're we're thinking small in our minds, and so we planned for about 200 people to show up downtown Indianapolis on Monument Circle, and we had over a thousand people there uh, Sunday night, ready to commit their lives to making disciples, and uh, just beautiful to see the power of God moving the kingdom of God. Uh, advancing in our city of Indianapolis but in the city there were 72 churches represented from around our state that are saying we want to see what this is all about we want to be a part of disciple making and be a part of disciple making in our generation that's kind of the latest of what's been happening and what God's been up to in our city and we're just we're on cloud 9 you know so many great things happening
1: you know i'm i'm really impressed i i know ethan and i'm I'm very impressed by ethan and and he this this man is a big big thinker and such a slow talker and you know he'd walk into a room and and he's not the kind of guy that lights up the room but man as soon as he opens his mouth it's like you better pay attention to this man it's pretty scary almost i mean you know march for a million and and the goal of, of, of a million people that's like that's bigger than anything i've ever engaged but i want for our listeners to know how long have you guys How how long has there been something called Multiply Indiana? That would be one question. A second question is what does it take? Because I know there's some pretty high standards for a church to join the network, because I know that's fairly costly thing. And then the third question that I would ask is so where are you guys at? How many churches have are pre-existing that joined and how many have come out of so far the the fruit of Multiply Indiana? Let's start with that. And then I want to get over into your March for a Million thing and talk about that a little bit.
0: Yeah, so I think the idea of Multiply Indiana, uh, it's kind of a unique thing. Uh, my wife and I, we began our first church plant on the west side of Indianapolis back in 2011, which was the same year that Josh Huseman and Lisa uh, began uh, Mercy Road Church in Carmel on the north side of Indianapolis. Both of us, when we began those churches, we had this mentality and this heart that Uh, mentors had poured into us and God had placed in our hearts of we don't believe these churches are meant to be silos and singular in nature. So I think the heart for Multiply Indiana really did begin back in 2011 when we both started our church plants. Really the meat started to stick to the bones of the skeleton was 2016 where this idea started to become reality I believe it was 2017, where paperwork was formalized with the IRS, and we became an official 501c3 was in 2017. Um, And so that's also the same year that Hope City Church in Carmel began. So we formalized things into the 501c3. From there, you know, Hope City Church began and no longer was Mercy Road, uh, but it was Mercy Road and Hope City. 2017, I heard about this vision of Multiply Indiana and we knew what God had placed in my heart and in my mind to plant more churches around the city. And that's where I kind of jumped in in 2017. And I said, Hey, like, I, I love this. This is a similar vision of what God has given me. I know we can't do this alone. What does it look like to do to get do this together? And so we just started throwing fuel on the fire with more church planters coming in. I believe the second part of your question was what does it look like today? There are 18 churches, uh, new church plants uh, that have, formalized partnerships with us around the state of Indiana. And the beautiful thing about those churches is uh, they're all new church plants. Some of them look more like a mega church, you know, uh, mentality, Uh, specifically Mercy Road Church. They have a campus, or I shouldn't say campus, a location to plant model. So they'll begin a location with their branding, begin a location with a team, and send a a pastor in, and it may look and feel a little bit like a campus in its beginning days, but their goal is autonomy, you know, so there's uh, four locations and a fifth location of Mercy Road Church opening up this year. There are churches on that scale that are a part of what we do with Multiply Indiana, and then on the other side of things, uh, we literally have two churches that we've funded within the apartment communities that Ethan owns. So they're apartment churches and everything in between from micro to mega, everything exists within Multiply Indiana. And I think that's a beauty of our model is we want the churches that we begin to match the vision that God's given to the church planter. We want the churches we begin to match the neighborhood where the church exists and every neighborhood's going to have its own unique identity and its own unique culture. And so that's our heart is what does this look like with the vision God's given the church planter? what does this look like in that neighborhood where the church exists, and whatever that is, we want to get behind it and fund it. So within Multiply Indiana, there's a $50,000 grant that's available uh, from Multiply Indiana to help the church planter get off the ground, Uh, and we ask, you know, that any church planter that we partner with, uh, we, we want them to believe in church planting and the continuation of church planting through Multiply Indiana. So there's a 3% contribution that all of our church plants have agreed to that we're going to contribute 3% back to Multiply Indiana so that this can keep going and continue moving forward. Um, we also fund a whole lot of what we do uh, through uh, local Christian businessmen uh, who believe in church planting and the kingdom advancing through church planting in our city and so they help fund a whole lot of what we do as well. So there's really this beautiful combination of uh, other businessmen like Ethan who help fund what we do and then churches contributing back as well. So that's how it continues to advance forward.
1: You know, when I first um, met you guys it was uh, at an exponential event where I guess it was a learning cohort. And I, and yeah. I heard about the 3% deal. And, you know, I was part of a denomination and we were giving them 10%. And it was called yeah. district extension type because we were you know, divided up in district, but they weren't putting any money into church planting. So it, it was actually denominational maintenance extension type. And, uh, yeah. and, and, and we always struggled with that. So I see this kind of ad hoc group because you guys aren't like one denomination or anything like that. You are just, the church, the big C church in Indiana. I get frustrated with networks. For, for one, I did a poor job of networking. We, we did a great job of making disciples and, and training them to be pastors and then launching churches. We gave away a ton of money, gave away a ton of people, on top of giving all this money to the denomination. Early in my experience with the denomination, if we started a church outside of our immediate area, they owned it. So we didn't ever think in terms of networking, which was a huge mistake. And after we grew large enough that they had respect for us that that if we had said we're going to do this they would have gone with it but we didn't do it it became and and we we kind of came up in the hippie era where you don't do stuff like that anyway you, you're kind of intentionally disorganized so you know when exponential and and i intersected it, i didn't even know how many churches there really were out, out there that we had you know that come from the one church so we did a poor job of this but i watch others and and i get very critical i see we're just going to get like 300 churches together and we're going to be a network and, and and it's like that's an addition model that's that's the thing we're all trying to fight against you guys have crossed yeah. the barrier to to your multiplication model that impresses me the other thing is that that net networks if they're cheap and when I mean cheap you guys put some teeth in it three percent of your income we want. Um, if they're cheap, they' they're kind of meaningless. And so what really impressed me I sat in a, in a room with a bunch of your guys and it's like, oh my gosh, these guys are dead serious about it And then I hear the, the, the million the, you know the, the reach a million deal uh, it's like, oh my goodness these they're gonna do this. this is this is really real. So I want to kind of shift over in the conversation and, and talk about the March for a Million. And so yeah. so you got you got overwhelmed with a lot of people, overwhelmed with a lot of churches. Now, in talking about addition and, and, and multiplication model, I'm hoping all of those 72 churches want to join what you guys, because what you're doing is so productive. So I'm not against addition. You got to add if you're going to multiply. You mentioned Bobby Harrington and what they're doing, because they're doing great things. So what what do you envision as next steps? Now, you got all, you got, I mean, you got to be like, oh, my gosh, what the heck are we going to do next? But what, what's the game plan look like be, so that there's a sort of a, I'm, I'm assuming, a unified, uh, at least a model we can all deviate from? Because uh, I, I see models as that. When we throw the model out there, it's prescriptive, but then make it work, you know, do your own thing with it. Yeah uh, where, where do people go next? I'm, I'm a pastor. I just heard about this thing. And so we showed up and,
0: uh, yeah, I want to be in what, what do I do? Well, backtracking just a little bit before we move on to that question, I will say one of the things that makes Multiply Indiana unique is we have a straight line commitment with our finances. Every penny donated from a church plant goes back into church planting And we're pretty straightforward with our Christian businessmen who uh, uh, donate to what we do to advance the kingdom of God forward that, you know, your funds that are coming in. That's going to go to any overhead expenses that we have, uh, any travel that we do, um, any teachers that we bring in and help us accomplish what we're doing to keep us on mission together. Like that's going to come from individual investors. Every penny donated by a church plant goes right back into church planting, hundred percent so cool. of it. So like we've made that commitment from the beginning, and we want to keep that commitment in perpetuity until Jesus comes back. You know that church dollars go back to planting more churches. And if there's overhead expenses, we're going to find another way to fund that. Um, so that that's a piece of our DNA and a piece we want to stay committed to forever. Um, to answer your question, you're, you're absolutely right that sometimes we grow at a rate that we don't know what to do next. <laughs> um, you know, we were talking about this March for a Million. I shared with you, our our hope was to have 200, 250 people show up. And when we, we did permitting for the city, that was our request, was a, a group of 200 people. And we set up a stage on the bricks of Monument Circle. And our plan was to have people going up the stairs and standing on the stairs and not shut down any streets we didn't end up shutting down any streets, but we had a massive crew there, and we were overspilling over the stairs of the monument. Um, and yeah, 72 churches that were involved with the March for a Million. We have a meeting on Monday. Today's Friday. We have a meeting on Monday to try and figure out what this looks like moving forward. And I can't tell you we've got that figured out yet. Um, you know, our, our partnership is formalized with Discipleship.org and Bobby Harrington and those guys. And so I'm sure there will be a lot of conversations moving forward of How? How do we continue to keep unity among ourselves as churches moving forward in this common goal and this common mission to see as many churches planted across our state as we can until Jesus returns to see an impact and a spiritual movement of God that when someone steps off of the airplane or someone drives across the state line that they feel the presence of God in the state of Indiana. You know, that's a very intangible but real goal that we want to see accomplished. Is how can we see that happen? That there's a difference when people walk across our state line, and that the spirit of God is present. Yeah, yeah, we we don't have it figured out. That that's the best answer I can give you is we went from 18 churches last week to Sunday night. Now there are 72, and we're meeting Monday to figure out how do we how do we stay connected to those 72. Um, we don't know. <laughs>
1: That is really,
0: really cool.
1: You know, one of the things that that I would be hoping that people who are listening to this podcast would be taking notes and going, oh, this is how you do it. You've given us a sort of a how to implement a network that's, that's viable and meaningful. And, you know, Bobby Harrington is one of my really dear friends and amazing things that they're doing. But one of the things that I would be hoping would come out of your relationship with those guys is there'd be a a multiply Tennessee that was born from this thing because there has been so much focus on disciple making in that quadrant of the church that what you guys are doing ought to be stimulating to those guys. I think we all ought to be just kind of rubbing off on each other and and learning from one another. I'm I'm excited to hear about this relationship.
0: Well, what we've done so far to this point, you know, it's been, uh, it's been more manageable to this point with 18 churches where every month we're committed to get together on a monthly basis. So we have our legal board that meets from 8.30 to 10 on the fourth Thursday of every month. And we shift locations based on what's happening at a different church plan. If they got a new location or saw a bunch of people baptized, we'll go to that site and we'll celebrate with them whatever God's doing. Even if somebody's struggling, we'll go and we'll pray over them and uh, whatever that looks like to be in their corner and encourage them. What does this look like? if March for a million shifted us from 18 churches to 72, and we just don't know. <laughs> we don't know what we don't know. <laughs> so exciting times, but uh, also chaotic times. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's the way I've lived my whole life. I, I think that's <clears throat> really incredible. One of the things that I'm overdosing on these days is technology. I'm you know, overdosing in that in the last couple years i because of technology i began to do more things and then pandemic hit which freed up my time i'm not in airplanes anymore so so much getting ready to go back but i've actually cut it down to like seven trips a year max and i was doing 12 13 for the last 20 years i'm in a couple micro churches my wife and i and another friend jimmy calhoun and his wife are leading a digi church online on saturdays now and that's a that's a completely autonomous thing we're doing but I, I was in a church here in San Diego and I started a micro church inside the congregation but when I'm, I'm helping now a different church and I felt like I shouldn't be leading in this church while I'm my allegiance is to the other so I handed off to, to a guy that you know that couple we kind of had discipled. And now they're leading it, but we're still in it. Shortly after COVID hit, maybe three months in, the couple that's leading it now, the wife said, Thank you, she prayed, was praying. And she goes, Thank you, Jesus, for giving us Zoom before we had a pandemic. You know, I OD on that. So I, I just think about that all the time. It's like if there wasn't Zoom before there w- was a pandemic, the church would be in tatters right now. We would not know what to do. And 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 I see I get frustrated with so many people that are almost like they're Pastors are can't wait to get back in the building and there. We're Zoom fatigued and we want to get out of this Zoom thing. And it's like, whoa, whoa, Thank God for the technology, because if Paul didn't have sailing ships, he wouldn't have been able to get to the far reaches of the Roman Empire that he did. If we didn't have Zoom and all the things that we're doing, and you know, like I, I've been doing, I started the podcast. Uh, a little bit before the pandemic and I've learned how beneficial Zoom is now i'm I'm building friendships through Zoom. We're able to mass groups together and hear you talk about getting your the, the potential 72 churches together in hubs, which I think is important. But one of the things that bothers me about church groupings is we'll do things like we, we meet in hubs and it's quite meaningful and then we come together yeah. and it just looks like a, a dumb church service. And I would think meeting in hubs face-to-face and then maybe quarterly or whatever, we come together, Zoom would actually be a better device because Zoom almost dictates if you, if you do it live, that there's give and take, and that people can pitch in and talk. You know, one of the things that I do when I run or any kind of group on Zoom, I do some coaching groups. I ask everybody to keep their their picture on and unmute your mic because if you, if you mute, mute the mic, you destroy fellowship. It's like, you know, you, you, hey, hey hey John, turn your mic on because we can't hear you right now. That interrupts the flow. If everybody's interaction. Yeah. If everybody's mic is on, you can do what you just did. You interrupted my speech to say interaction. That's valuable. If we take that away, we, we lose something. But if we run a big church service, say you get 300 churches in Multiply, Indiana. And, and, and you all come together and it's a big convention deal, you lost some of what you have right now. You know, I guess I'm a, an evangelist for technology, but I think the technology is there to give us room to keep relating to people on a personal level because it's really all about making disciples who make disciples, and that never ends for any of us. If you had to say something to people who are listening to this, who are trying to figure out how to do a network, and there are pitfalls, and when I say pitfalls, I'm not talking about like, legal things or anything like that. But there are, are stumbling blocks. What would you warn them against? What would you tell them, do this
0: and don't do that? Um, don't be afraid of the kind of Christian cliche that we're better together. You know, I, I think that that is a beautiful thing that the gospel binds us together and understanding the power of being on the same team and the, the power of that, whether you're talking about reaching your city we're about reaching your state or region or whatever that looks like for you in your context. That is, I think, at its very core, the essence of Multiply Indiana is the gospel binds us together, and that creates relationships, and it creates mission. We are on mission together. Even if your church looks different than my church, uh, this micro church expression here, this mega church expression here, whatever that may look like, we're on mission together and the gospel binds us together there's a reason that Christian cliche exists and that it's said so often is because there's a lot of truth to it. We are better together. And so don't be afraid of jumping in on mission together with the guy down the street.
1: I'm assuming that there are people who are formulating networks or thinking about it out there and that they would probably like to talk to you a little bit further. Is there a way, you know, I know that we can go to uh, multiplyindiana.com, right? And then is there a way that they could contact you directly An email that you'd be willing to put out?
0: Yeah, that's no problem at all. It's John, J O N L at multiplyindiana.com.
1: Well, I just want to say thanks for doing this and uh, thanks for what you guys are doing as a, as a model for the rest of us to look at and learn from and, and follow. Thanks for taking time to be on the podcast. If you enjoyed
0: today's podcast, be sure to subscribe and check his blog at ralphmoore.net.